The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. It's great to be with you this morning. We've been doing a series themed around the Olympics. And so Pastor John two weeks ago did a, uh, his sermon about keeping our eyes on the prize. And then Pastor Darren McMahon visited last week, did a message about how to win when everybody else thinks you're going to lose. And so we've been doing these messages using the Olympic theme and embedding what principles we can apply there into our Christian walk. Now, this isn't a new thing to do. See, the Apostle Paul, he would often look for what was something that was well known in the culture of his audience and how he could apply a Christian principle into that culture, into what people already knew about. And we're going to do more of that again today by looking at an Olympian or looking at an athlete and the mindset of an athlete. And we're going to start doing that by looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. So if you've got your Bibles or you're taking notes there, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, before we read it, the first thing we need to know is that Paul started the church in Corinth and he'd left it and moved on to plant churches in other areas. But the the church in Corinth had fallen into a bit of disarray. They were starting to maybe be a bit disobedient and getting their wires crossed and, and things were getting a bit ugly. So Paul writes this letter to them, knowing that they would understand the concept of what it was to, to see competitive sport. The Olympic Games obviously already being held in Athens. The Isthmian Games were being held in Corinth. They knew what competitive sport looked like. And so Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24, he says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Say prize. Run in such a way to get the prize. Say prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown. Everybody say crown. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating at the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached it to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the will not be disqualified for the prize. So Paul's talking about running a race. He's he's talking about entering into the rink and, and fighting a fight. And so what's his analogy all about? Well, this morning I want to apply what Paul was talking to the Corinthians about and put it into our context. Because we've got the Olympic Games coming up in just a few weeks' time. And Paul is saying that we should have the qualities of an Olympic athlete. That's what we should aspire for in our lives. The way that an athlete works at their sport to be the very best that they can be, the same mindset and the same principles that they apply into that, we should apply into our Christian walk as well. Qualities such as focus and passion and sacrifice and discipline and dedication. These are all qualities that an athlete will aspire to use in in their sport. We should be using in our Christian walk. I was reading this week about Stephanie Rice. Who's heard of Stephanie Rice? She was an Australian Olympian. She was an Olympic swimmer. She won three gold medals at the Beijing Olympics. And I was reading about what she was prepared to do, what she was prepared to sacrifice, and her dedication to her sport in order to win those gold medals. Now, it's, it's well known that Olympic swimmers, they're going to get up at the crack of dawn. Who likes getting up at 4.30? 
Yeah, I didn't think so. She's getting up at 4.30 every single day, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, in order to prepare herself as best she could for, for the Olympics. I was also reading about how she uh, had a very strict diet. And so for the two years leading up to the Olympic Games in Beijing, she ate the same foods at the same time of day, every day for two years. Lots of rice and lots of tuna, apparently. Tuna helps you swim better, apparently. But can you imagine, like, that's a sacrifice to, 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 to and, and that's dedication right there to, to be willing to do that for two years straight. I know that she gave up her social life. She missed out on catching up with friends. She even missed out on going to her school formal because of her dedication to swimming. You see, an Olympian will do whatever it takes to succeed at what they're doing. They will abstain from anything that hinders their, their improvement. They will discipline themselves to always do the basics right. They will focus on the right things and not be distracted by other issues. That's the dedication to their sport. But how about you and I as believers? Let me put it out there. Will you abstain from anything that hinders your relationship with God? Will you discipline yourself to always do the basics, to pray, to read God's Word, to engage with God in your day-to-day life? Will you focus on the right things and not be distracted by the distractions of this world? I want to challenge you today that as an Olympic athlete applies a certain mindset to their sport, so too can we apply these same basic principles in our Christian walk. I want to encourage you today to live like an Olympian. If you're taking notes today, that's the title of my message. Live like an Olympian. How about we pray? Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, that you always want to speak words of hope and life and love into us, Lord. And we make ourselves an open vessel to be filled by you. Father, I pray that the words that you've put on my heart, that you would help me to deliver them unfiltered by my flesh, Lord God, but come straight from your heart, Lord God, speaking into your people, that we would be transformed, that we'd be closer to you, that we would know you, Lord God. I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So this morning, if we're going to aspire to have the mindset of an Olympic athlete and apply that into our Christian walk, I've got three reasons why we need to do that. And the first reason this morning is this. The crown is worth the effort. The crown is worth the effort. 1 Corinthians 9.25 says this, Everyone who competes in the games... Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. There is a prize. There is a prize and it's greater than, greater than any award or accolade that we could ever receive here on earth. There's no riches or prestige or power or popularity or pleasure that will compare to what we will gain in heaven in eternal life. All those things will fade away if we decide to pursue anything but God. Whatever reward comes from that pursuit will fade away because it will not last into eternity. There's no Olympian out there, no matter how many gold medals they win, they're never taking them into the next life, are they? And so what is the crown? The crown is fundamentally our salvation our salvation and our eternal life in heaven with a loving God. 
And you know what? Sometimes we, we put a full stop there and we go, salvation is eternal life. And, and that is absolutely true. But you know, there is so much more to eternal life. There is so much more to salvation because it starts, it starts here and now in this world. And so if we realize that in this world, we can live free from the bondage of sin. You know, there's people here in this room who have testimonies of just having really screwed up lives. And at the point of salvation, God turns their life around and they live free from the bondage of sin. I hear the amen from Jen. Good on you, Jen. You know what? We can live with meaning and purpose in our lives. We no longer have despair and hopelessness. Living life right now in salvation is more than just eternal life. It's living in relationship with a loving God now, right now. And when we truly understand that there's nothing else in this world, that nothing compares to the crown that that is on offer, then we realize that there's, there's really nothing else worth pursuing. There's nothing really worth putting our whole heart and soul into above and beyond the pursuit of God and His kingdom and His righteousness. I cannot think of anything more worthy of pursuit than Him. So my challenge for you today is this. Have you realized what is at stake? Have you realized that there is a crown awaiting us? Yes, it's a crown of eternal life, but it's a crown of freedom from sin here on earth. It's a, it's a crown where we're in relationship with a loving God. It's, it's, a, it's a crown where we are free from despair and hopelessness. Why should we aspire to live like an Olympic athlete? Why should we live this disciplined life, this focused life, this dedicated life? Because the crown is worth the effort. My second point this morning is this. We should aspire to live like an Olympic athlete, apply it into our Christian walk because it keeps us in shape. It keeps us in shape. Now, I'm one of these odd people who likes running. I just like running. It's a bit of a Forrest Gump thing, I know. But when I was in Wollongong, I joined the running club down there. And so I would run uh, quite consistently. And there was races pretty much every week. And I liked doing the 3K runs, the 5K runs. They're my thing. And I remember when I did my personal best, my PB for a 3K race around the track was 10.17. 10 minutes 17. Now, most people would struggle to, to, to keep up that pace. An Olympian would absolutely flog me. They would do it in eight or probably less. But for me, 1017, that was a big deal. And I had worked hard and I'd be diligent and training lots and lots and going out and running out as much as I could each and every week so I could get into that sort of form. But you know what I discovered? The very unfortunate thing I discovered? It only took to have a break of like two or three weeks and I lost that form quickly, like two minutes slower after having a two or three week break. You see, with our physical muscles, we need to exercise them regularly to keep them in the form that we want them to be in. And you know what? It's the same with our spiritual muscle. Our spiritual muscle of discipline, our spiritual muscle of of focus and dedication and perhaps even sacrifice, we need to work them and exercise them regularly for them to maintain their strength. Let me show you what I mean by reading through uh, the following passage in, uh, after 1 Corinthians 9. We're going to turn over to 1 Corinthians 10. So before we read, let's get the context of Paul is speaking to us about running a race, about fighting a fight, and then he says this, for, everybody say for, for I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all, were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. 
They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. So here we have the people of Israel. They have a head start in their walk with God because God did some pretty awesome things. He led them out of Egypt. He led them into the promised land. He provided for them when they were thirsty. He provided for them when they were hungry. God was known to the people of Israel. They had a head start in their faith walk. But what happened? Verse 5 says this, Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Why? Verse 6, Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. The people of Israel, they get this head start, but they squandered it. They were blasé about their walk with God. They were blasé about what it meant to continually have faith in God, to continually trust in Him, to continually pursue Him and go after Him. They were blasé. I love it how uh, the message paraphrase says, verse 6, it says this, We must be on guard so that we never get caught up in wanting our own way as they did. And we must not turn our religion into a circus as they did. I don't know about you, but if, if I'm going to model my life, I'd rather model my life on an athlete than a circus clown. Because an athlete has purpose. An athlete is going in a direction. A circus clown is just the fluff and bubble of life with no real meaning, no, no real purpose, maybe to entertain people. But there's, there's no substance to what they're doing fundamentally. And so I believe that Paul is saying to us today that we need to make sure that we keep ourselves in spiritual shape because the Israelites didn't. We need to be mindful that we can lose our spiritual shape in the same way that our physical muscles become weaker with a long break, so too do our spiritual muscles of discipline and self-control. They become weakened, if not exercised and used regularly. You know, the a great example of this is somebody who's struggled with addiction in particular. So if, if you're here and you've struggled maybe with a, an addiction to alcohol or an addiction to gambling, you know that for you to remain free from alcohol means there's certain things that you're just not going to do. You're not going to go to the pub where you're going to be enticed to have a drink. You're not going to allow yourself to, to keep the alcohol in the cupboard for other people because you know it's going to be a temptation to you. The same way, if you've been free from the addiction of gambling, you know that you know, you're not going to go into the club where the pokies are because the bright lights and the ching, ching, ching sounds is going to be enticing to you. It's going to be a lure. And if you fall into the trap even just a little bit, it can be the start of a big downward spiral. All it takes is a little bit of a, a trip into the trap and then you've got to build all the way back up. And my point is, is that building all the way back up is really hard. It's much easier to maintain the spiritual strength from the get-go than to take a step back, which makes you step all the way back to where you started from, back into the bondage and come out back into freedom. It's so much harder to get there again. For guys who have struggled with pornography and purity of heart and minds, you know that... It's just a whole lot easier not to go near it at all whatsoever than it is to go there a little bit and then suddenly find you back down in the pit of despair where it's just overwhelming your life. Maintain your spiritual muscle, your self-control, 
your discipline. You might be thinking that you don't wrestle with those big sins. You know, in our hearts, we kind of, we kind of gauge the big sins and the lesser sins and all that sort of stuff. And, and you might not wrestle with, with that sort of stuff, but what about things like pride or, or gossip or slander or materialism? You know, we can easily in our world just engage in a materialistic lifestyle and it's actually got a grip on us. And it becomes the pursuit of our lives rather than God. What about people who struggle with selfishness or unforgiveness? They can all become traps in which we fall into. And if we're not careful, if we're not exercising our spiritual muscles, we can fall back into them again. For me, one of my traps has been pride. The thing about pride is that there's a good chance that you will never observe it outwardly from me. It's, this is one of those ones that's on the inside and that's the thing about pride, because pride is when you compare yourself to other people. And I was brought up in a great Christian home. I have a fantastic Christian heritage, which I am so grateful to God. I understand that I've, been, I've had many, many benefits because of my Christian heritage. But I realized that at one point that I used to I look at other people and go, oh, I'm so grateful I'm not like that person. You know, I, I, my faith is stronger than their faith. Or I look at their family and go, yeah, my family is not dysfunctional like their family. You know, they've got their issues, but my family, we all love each other. We all get along. We're all Christians. We're all going to have an eternity in heaven together. Or I look at other people and go, you know, the things that they struggle with, I don't have to struggle with them. Praise God, I'm just a little bit better than them. Just a little bit. And this is the sorts of things that would go in my heart. Until one day my parents sat myself and my brother down and they said, Ross, Chris, this isn't working. We've decided to separate for a season and just see how things go. And, and I remember my heart was broken. Suddenly I was one of those people from a dysfunctional family. My, my pride was broken. God used it mightily to break my pride I remember thinking, you know, God, how could this happen to me? The, the, the person I had built myself upon was suddenly not as strong, was suddenly broken to pieces. Unfortunately, my parents, they, they didn't reconcile and they, and they did end up getting divorced. And I remember realizing that I'd been doing things backward all, all along. I, I had been comparing myself to, to other people when in fact I should be comparing myself to God. Because when I go to God and I compare myself to Him and I look at how amazing He is and how perfect He is and how forgiving He is and how loving He is, I realize, wow, God is the one who's got it all together, not me. And I walk away forever humbled. And I can say that I've been free from pride. But you know what, if I'm really honest, there's been times where I've fallen back into that trap where I've allowed myself to, to, to get back into old ways of thinking, where I go, <laughs> I'm, I'm better than that person. And, and my family's maybe a little bit dysfunctional, but we're not as dysfunctional as that family. And God has to pull me back in line and, and, and realize that, hey, Ross, you, you're not comparing yourself to other people. Come and compare yourself to me. Come and, come and really see how you measure up to the perfect God. And, and that's when I walk away forever humbled. And I have found that when I fall back into the, the sin of pride, 
the, the work that's required to step out of it is so much harder than if I had, hadn't fallen into the, the pit again at all. Are you hearing me this morning? We need to exercise our spiritual muscle because it's so much harder to get back into form when we fall out of, sh- when, when, when we fall out of shape. So that's the second one this morning. We should aspire to live like an Olympic athlete because the crown is worth the effort and it keeps us in shape. And the third one this morning is this. It qualifies us to represent our nation. To live like an Olympic athlete qualifies us to represent our nation. William Barclay, who's a theologian, he said this, We cannot be effective ministers unless we master ourselves. We cannot be effective ministers unless we master ourselves. You see, the way in which you live your life matters. It really does matter. And we're going to look at a few of the preceding verses to get the context of where I'm coming from here. If we turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I'm going to read the passage before the bit about running the race and, and fighting the fight. Because Paul is building the context of why we should do those things. And this is what he says, verse 19, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law so as to win those not having the law. To the weak I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessing. And then he says, I'm going to run the race. I'm going to go for the prize. I'm not going to be like a boxer who punches the air and misses his punches. Paul is saying to us, that our actions and the way in which we behave affects what people see and he's willing to do whatever it takes and to be whoever he needed to be to get the gospel out there so that God, people could respond to the gospel. We should live like an Olympian so that our lives are an example to those who need to hear the gospel. If an athlete is prepared to do all the hard work and discipline themselves and remain diligent and focused, then they have earned the right to represent their country. In the same way, if we're prepared to sacrifice the things of this world and discipline ourselves to be obedient and remain diligent and focused on God, then we too, we qualify ourselves to represent the kingdom of heaven. We qualify ourselves to represent the kingdom of heaven I remember when I used to work at the Steelworks in Wollongong as a second-year cadet, my supervisor, he was a great guy. His name was Bruce. And Bruce was just your average guy. He he was just part of the the culture of the Steelworks. And unfortunately, a lot of the culture in the Steelworks back in those days certainly wasn't as uh, politically correct or pure as it hopefully is today. Where being obviously a male-dominated workforce, there were conversations and there were jokes that went around that were really not very nice and not very pure. There was uh, pictures on the walls occasionally and videos on computers that were just disgraceful and, and, and just basically the most horrid porn. 
And Bruce was one of these guys, he would fit into the culture of the workforce, but he decided about halfway through that year that he was going to leave, go back to uni, become a maths teacher. And so he left. And uh, what I didn't realize is 10 years later, we, we caught up together just by coincidence. And he was telling me that he did go back to university, he did become a maths teacher, and he was teaching at a Christian school. And I was quite surprised because I knew that Bruce had, you know, been this sort of guy that just fitted in with the culture of the steelworks. And he said, yeah, I've, I've given my life back to the Lord because, Ross, I need to tell you something. I need to tell you that I, I watched you. I watched when there was conversations in the office that, that weren't positive, that weren't honoring to God. I, I watched that you would walk out. I watched that you didn't laugh at the crude jokes. I noticed that you wouldn't look at the porn that was on the wall. I noticed that when there was impure videos and disgusting porn being shown on the computer screens, that you would even walk out of the room and, and you would not participate in that sort of life. And the Holy Spirit convicted me to go back to the faith of my youth. And, and I was a second-year cadet back then. I, I didn't share the gospel. I didn't talk about Jesus. I didn't raise the subject of eternity and whether you're going to go to hell or to heaven. I didn't do any of those things, but God used my behavior, my willingness to run my race with authenticity and to go after God. He used my behavior to, to convict somebody to, to go back to, to him. I, I totally didn't see it. And I was just so amazed that, you know what, the way in which we live our lives can actually be a challenge to other people. Sometimes it's, it's not what you say, but it's how you behave that can speak volumes to other people. Amen? So my challenge for you is this. When other people see your life, are they, are they challenged? Are they inspired? Are they convicted? Are they encouraged? Do they see Jesus at work in your life? So we can come up with all the reasons in the world of why we should adopt the mindset of an Olympian and apply it into our Christian walk. We can come up with, I'm sure there's many other reasons that we can come up with, but I know that there's going to be people here today that are going, hey, Ross, that's all good and well, but so what? How on earth are we going to do this? Because this just seems too hard. It, it, I'm in, uh, incapable of living a life of discipline. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. And I've got good news for you, friend. The good news is that I've got a game plan for you today, and it's not about what you do in your own strength. You see, how do we live like an Olympian? Well, the first thing is this. My first tip is this. We need to run to win. We need to run to win. Verse 24 says this. Do you not know that there is a race, that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Say prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. So we need to make no mistake. Let's not beat around the bush. There is a race. The race is on. But will you finish victorious? And Paul's pretty hard line about this. See, back in his day, there was no second place. There was no third place. There was only first place. And so we need to run as if we want to win, as if we want to get first place. And don't settle for running your race aimlessly. Don't settle for a life of haphazard dedication and then distraction and then dedication and then uh, giving up on things or, or being distracted again. Let's not live that sort of life. 
There are no breaks in the, in the race of life. And that is why we must continually press towards the goal. If I was to get really controversial with you, could I point out that what's the point of being a Christian if you're not going to be wholehearted about it? If you're not going to really give it all? If you're just going to be somebody who's just punching the air but not actually having any impact in your Christian walk? You see, we can pursue God wholeheartedly and direct every part of our lives towards Him. And the fruit of that is that we live in relationship with God now. The fruit of a holy life, of a godly life, is, is to hear His voice more clearly right now. And we can choose to live like that or we can choose not to and live a ho-hum Christian life that lacks power, that's maybe a bit lukewarm, that doesn't have the substance that Paul is encouraging us to pursue. And so first and foremost, we need to make the decision in our hearts and in our minds that we're going to actually participate, we're actually going to run the race, and we're going to run the race in such a way as to win the prize. My second tip is this. The first one is that we run to win. The second one is this. We need to go into strict training. And some people I know, there's going to be people in this room when you say you're strict, they roll their eyes because it's just not their thing. That's fine. That's fine. Verse 25 says this. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. So if you're going to compete, strict training is part and parcel. Okay? It's part and parcel of what we're going for. And Paul talks about strict training, about having a disciplined life about being disciplined in the way in which we exercise and walk out our Christian lives. And when an athlete goes into training, there's two things that they require. The two things that any athlete worth their salt requires is a coach and they require a training plan. A coach and a training plan. And here's where I have good news. I hope this is not heavy on your hearts because the good news is this. You can make your head coach the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit is our head coach. He is there to identify the areas that we need to work on. He is there to speak into our lives the things that we need to work on. He is there to encourage us to be consistent in our Christian walk. And when there's distractions that come our way, he goes, no, 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 let's not be distracted by that. Let's go on the Christian walk that you've already decided to go for, the race that you've decided to run, the good fight that you decided to fight. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. He is our head coach. And I want to encourage you to tune your spiritual ears to what he's saying. If we're really honest, we can't win the race by our own strength. We can't. There's no possible way that I can muster the self-discipline in every single facet of life, with every single temptation that will come my way, with every single trap and opportunity for me to fall into, I require the Holy Spirit to steer away from them. And thank God that the Holy Spirit makes himself available to be our head coach. And that's the maybe the, the, the spiritual aspect of, of what we can do in regards to being like an athlete. But the second part about having a training uh, having a is to have a training plan. When we go into strict training, we have a training plan. And that means just maybe stopping and thinking, and assessing our lives right now. What do I need to do differently today, tomorrow, and the day after 
that's going to help build my spiritual muscle? What do I need to do that's going to cause my spiritual muscle to grow so that I can be an effective ambassador for the kingdom of heaven? And for some of us, it might be as simple as, you know, drawing a line in the sand today. I'm going to get up 15 minutes earlier tomorrow or 30 minutes earlier tomorrow. I'm going to go to bed earlier tonight so I can get up early tomorrow just to spend some quality time with God. Or it might mean putting an alarm in your phone and saying when you get home from work, right now is the time. I'm just going to, I'm just going to stop. And hey, it might only be five minutes, it might be half an hour, but I'm going to engage with God and allow the Holy Spirit. I'm going to allow the head coach to speak into my life once again. And so whilst there's a, a spiritual component where the Holy Spirit does his work, we actually do need to participate. We actually do need to be mindful. It's not autopilot for us. We need to be diligent and mindful. We can't win our own strength, but the Holy Spirit is there with us. And so I want to encourage you to be mindful and, and, and identify the areas in your life where you need to perhaps work at growing your spiritual strength. And there's areas in your life where you maybe need to identify things and bring them before God and ask the head coach to start working in them. Can I ask everybody just to stand up? I'm going to invite the team back up onto the stage. Because I'm believing that God has spoken a seed into your heart today. Maybe there's something in your life and and the Holy Spirit is already starting to talk to you about, you know what, that area of your life, that area that is lacking discipline, that area of your life where really you're not being the best representative for the kingdom of God, that area of your your life where your your spiritual strength has been depleted because you've, you've fallen back into that trap, that area in your life where you're, you're running your race aimlessly or your, your punches and punching the air. You're, you're missing altogether. Maybe the, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. And can I ask everybody across the entire auditorium to just close our eyes and just have a moment of reflection where we go, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking into my heart? What are the areas that I need to address? What are the areas in my life that have maybe been a little bit lacking in dedication? Maybe there's areas in my life that I need to start sacrificing so that I shine a brighter light for the kingdom of God, for the gospel's sake. I believe that in a congregation this size, that the Holy Spirit is speaking to people already and that he is already doing a work in your life. Holy Spirit, speak. Holy Spirit, speak. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand where you are this morning. If the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you about your spiritual disciplines, about your spiritual muscle, if that's you this morning, how about you just raise your hand before God, not before anybody else, it's before God to say, God, you know what? I really, I want this fresh start. Thank you for those hands. You can put them down. Is there anybody else this morning there? You just know that the Holy Spirit is, is starting to, to nudge you this morning to, to run the race, to run the race for the prize, not to be okay with second place or third place, but to run the race for the prize. Is there anybody else this morning? Just quickly raise your hand. It's between you and God. Thank you, thank you. Just put your hands down and we're all going to pray with faith this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord God. 
I thank you that you see each and every heart here. And you know where we've been. You, you know what has happened to get us to this place. And Lord, if we need to ask for your forgiveness because we've allowed ourselves to be distracted, Lord God, then we ask for forgiveness. Lord, if we've allowed ourselves to be okay with a humdrum Christianity and just to, to run our race, but to be maybe okay with second place or third place, Father, we ask for your forgiveness for that as well. And Father, we just pray, Lord, that you, by your Holy Spirit's power, that you would empower us once again, Lord God, to run the race as if to win, to fight the good fight of faith and to land those punches, empowered by your Holy Spirit, directed by his lead, Lord God. Father, I ask that you would cause us to live the life of victory that you want us to live, that you would cause us to go after the prize and, and to gain that prize, Lord God, that you've called us to. Father, I thank you that we're saved by grace. It's not by our works. Let's not get that mixed up. Father, I pray that you would do a deep work in each and every heart here this morning. Father, that we draw that line in the sand and step into a new season of running the race with great purpose and diligence to have the mindset of an Olympian, Lord God, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.